0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio mobile version. However, I will say we're moving ever so closer to having our studio back with us on a daily basis. But for right now, it's still mobile, and that's cool because we can do radio wherever the radio takes us, if you will. I mean, Mark and I did radio from a closet in Denver the first year when we went out and watched practice against the Broncos in 2014. So we'll do radio anywhere, anytime. It just so happens that tonight's from my crib. And I am John Harris, your host, football analyst, sideline reporter. And we got plenty for you on the show. In our next segment, we're going to talk to the GM of Lone Star Sports Entertainment, David Fletcher, with an exciting announcement about football, uh, soccer, and also some college football stuff, too, that we're going to talk about. Fletcher and I get together. It's always a good time. He is one of the... He's one of the he's one of the good ones. He's one you want to have on your side and he is on our side and love having him. So we got a lot to talk about in the LSSE world. It's been a year without events, which has been really, really tough. And I think Fletch and his group have handled it extremely, extremely well. So we'll talk about what's coming up this summer, this fall is gonna be really fun. So we'll do that in our next segment. We'll go around the NFL. There's a big trade today in the NFL for Zeus. Or Zeus Jr., I guess I should say. We'll get to that a little bit later. But we are going to kick off tonight's show with a visit with one of... Actually, he's very important to defense, there's no doubt. But he's also applicable in some sense to this draft. Because how many times have we said to responses to people, well, you don't have a first single pick. Yeah, well, the last time the Texans didn't have a pick until the third round, they picked Justin Reed at number 68. And that was a pretty darn good pick and has been a actually a great pick to get Justin there at 68. You could have got him at 28 or 18 or 8, and you still would have felt like you got great value. We were lucky to get him at 68. Hopefully we can find a player of his ilk at number 67 next week at this time. Oh my gosh. The draft is less than a week away, but it's a week away from your Texans selecting. We had an opportunity today to catch up with one Justin Reed. And man, we hit on a number of things with him. Mark and I caught up with him today.
1: How's the off season been, Justin? Because I know it's a little crazy. COVID is still going on. Offseason workouts, not the same as previous years, of course. How have you been and how's it going in 2021?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm the proud father of a, of a brand new baby shout, baby uh, giant schnauzer. He's 10 weeks old. He takes up a lot of my time right now. Um, but the off-season's been going really good. Um, my body feels great. Uh, it's better than last year now that we've had a year on our belt, kind of have a better plan for this situation that we're in, not just getting thrown into it. So uh, it's been going well. I've been traveling to a couple of different guys in off-season. Um, Jake to do some UFC training. Ryan Clark, um, Will Sullivan are my main guys I go to to work my craft. And then I've been in the building here, too, of my Eubanks, uh, really focusing on getting my legs strong. And uh yeah, like I said, I physically feel great. All right, Justin,
0: I'm gonna ask a question. I think I know the answer to this, but I think a lot of people would hear Jay Glazer, UFC. What are you learning to throw hands? Why would you yeah. train with Jay
2: Glazer? Yeah, man. Uh well, the UFC training is a whole lot of fun, man. There's actually a lot of, a lot that transfers to the football field, too. A lot of it is having a strong base, being in balance. Um, You can't be too out of whack throwing your punches or anything like that or else you're going to lose your balance, which translates to say you're locked up on a guy. You're trying to defeat a block. They taught me some new moves uh, just to make it a little more painful for the other guy instead of just, you know, shedding or, you know, ripping through. How about with that rip through, you throw a punch into it, you know what I mean? And really hit him in the forearm or in the bicep, uh, you know, just make him feel a little bit more. So some of
1: those things I thought was uh, actually some pretty good ideas and a lot of fun. Justin, the draft is coming up. Can you share some pre-draft memories with us, how it felt when you were getting ready for the draft and how it felt to wait into the third round when you were selected by the Houston Texans?
2: Man, the NFL draft is one incredible experience, bro. It's it's like no other. And and I really got the chance to almost feel like I went through it twice. Once in 2013 when my brother went through it uh, and I got to do the New York experience. Um, being in the green room and then for my personal draft I just did it at home invited like 100 family members out um, and just you know had a, had a nice old school draft block party uh, at the house but you truly don't know where you're going to go like I had no idea I was going to the Houston Texans I didn't talk to the Texans staff front office coaches or anything one time before not at all not once before I ended up getting drafted here so it really came as a surprise I was excited though. Um, it's still, you know, somewhat close to home. And I was excited to be at a team that I knew I could come in and contribute early on.
0: Justin, I'm asking a question that I don't want to take offense to, but last year was a first for you. It was the first since you did not have an interception in a while. I don't even know. Maybe going back to your Mm -hmm. high school days, I don't even know about that. Mm -hmm. It was a point of emphasis, Mark and I talked about about during the season. I'd imagine it's a point of emphasis now for you. Is there anything in the offseason? in which you can kind of get your your mind wrapped around what happened last year and how you can make it better going forward where you guys are a little bit more ball hawkish and going into football as opposed yeah. to last year when you guys didn't get it?
2: Yeah. Well, number one, number one first and foremost, we got to do a better job stopping the run because teams aren't going to throw the ball if they feel like they can run the ball all day. And that's an 11-man job. That's on everybody. You know, what I mean, to go and do that. And whenever we force teams into passing situations, there'll be more opportunities to make plays on the ball, make interceptions. I was really disappointed in myself that I didn't have one last year. You know, it's, like you said, it's the first time since probably my, not even my freshman year of college, since high school, that I didn't have one. Um, so it's big emphasis for me this year, too. I'm excited about the schemes that we're putting in um, with Coach Smith and uh, Coach Greg Jackson, my DB coach, and, um, The defense feels a lot tighter. It feels like there'll be uh, more traps that we're able to put in to try and make plays on the ball. And they've really been emphasizing turnovers and whatever shape and form it comes in, picks, interceptions, um, fumbles, uh, whatever we can do. The emphasis has been get the ball. And uh, I've been a big fan of that.
1: How do you think this is going to be getting to know all your new teammates? Because we're still in this sort of hybrid, virtual, sort of non-virtual world working out. I know what's going on with the offseason program. How's that process going to play out, in your opinion? This is just a projection because yeah. we don't really know. Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's 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 harder. It's harder, especially since we have so many new guys and a completely new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you would really like to be able to have those personal relationships and that chemistry that you get to build in the offseason. Um, but it's, it's just a different situation that we're in right now. And that's what the whole league is going through um, with the virtual OTAs um, and, and what have you. Um, but we started some text message change, been given to know guys over the phone a little bit, as you know, the best that we can do at the moment. Um, but I'll be really excited when I get to see these guys in person in the building, get to know them a little bit, their story, their family, their background, how they got here. Um, and start to build that chemistry and build that um, that unity between each other. Justin,
0: we talk to veterans all the time, and we ask them, you know, what's the biggest thing about being successful in the NFL? And the first thing they say is taking care of your body. Yeah. I follow you know, on Instagram, and every single day you post a picture of what you're eating, and it makes me want to throw yeah. up because there's so much green, and I'm allergic to vegetables. So I, I'm <laughs> like, what is this that he's eating? And I got to think you're a guy from Baton Rouge. I got to think yeah. you didn't always eat that way. So how has nutrition oh, no. kind of played a role in building your body? And basically what those veterans have said, is it true? And is this one of the main ways you're doing it?
2: Yeah, well, it was different um, from when I was a kid. And my mom was a great cook too, but she was really, we were into the soul food, man. I'm from sure. down South, uh, Baton Rouge, crawfish, um, Dirty Rice, uh, collard greens, all of that. Um, and I still, I still love that stuff, um, but now I get to afford a chef, uh, silver whisk. My chef, Jake, he's awesome, man. Um, he really throws down. I, he just takes things that I like um, and just makes them healthy. So I told him the other night, I wanted like a hamburger health food. And he, he came and substituted all the ingredients and made it as healthy as possible. Um, and and I love it uh, because it really helped me because of the couple injuries I've had the last couple of years, um, it's become an emphasis to, to get back from those. And my well, best way to do that is sleep and nutrition. So it's become an emphasis for me, and it's paid dividends.
1: How will the workouts you're doing, Justin, change as you get closer to training camp and then into training camp? Because i got to imagine at some point it's, you're not building it up anymore, but you're trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. How do you work all that as you ramp up for the 2021 season?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, right now it's about building the foundation. It's about – right now it's like a game, a game period for me. Um, it's high-intensity – High workloads, um, not necessarily the conditioning part, although I am running. But it's not the high volume conditioning. It's more the high volume weight room stuff, weight room stuff, in order to build my um, body mass and physique to get ready for the year. Then, as we approach training camp more, I transition more into conditioning, um, slim down maybe a couple pounds, like three or four pounds, uh, really take my body fat down low, and be ready to run because that's what I, that's how I make my money is to be able to run all day. And at that point, too, is whenever I want to really start honing in on working with Ryan Clark and Will Sullivan in order to work on uh, my technique and craft uh, to play DB.
0: Justin, you know this as well as anybody. To get ready for the NFL draft, you got to take the wonderlick test. It's time for your defensive back wonderlick but it's more like word association. So I'm going to ask you about quarterbacks that you've faced. And okay. I want you to just give me a snippet about that particular quarterback and what it's like to face him, all right? Okay. So we're going to start with Tom Brady.
2: Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. That's a hell of a way to start. Man, Um, when you play Tom Brady, like everything, you just paid attention to the details of everything more because you know if there's anything wrong with your coverage or there's any hole in the defense, there's no doubt about it. He is going to find it. You know what I mean? So it's very difficult to play zone coverage against him because he knows how to pick it apart. Um, A lot of teams you basically have to play man. You know that's that's your best option against him um, in order so he can't just find the windows and pick you apart downfield. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. um, He's a he's a magician, man. Um, If he scrambles out of the backfield and you're not able to keep him in the pocket, you're in trouble. Uh, So the biggest thing with him on the defense side of the balls, you got to keep him in that cave, man. You have to. Um, because when he gets to run around and start sidearming and jumping and everything like that, and he has four guys that all run 4-1, um, you know, running down the <laughs> field alone, Travis Kelsey uh, gets hard. So you really want to speed him up and keep him in the pocket. Two more. Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben. Uh, well, Big Ben is going to be able to see the whole field. There's not going to be much he can't see just purely because of his height. Um, he loves throwing the fade ball. Um, I think Chase Claypool and Juju really came into his own this year for him as far as Juju um, being there too. Um, but he's just the old-time Wally vet. You're not going to see him move around too much in the pocket, but he's a purebred passer.
0: All right, you faced this guy just one time, but I got a feeling that you grew up in Baton Rouge, so you watched him a bunch. Drew Brees.
2: Drew Brees. Um, Yeah, man. I I remember when I was a kid, I I seen him when he won the Super Bowl. That was a big moment for the entire state of Louisiana. Um, But Drew is just another guy that's just um, efficient, man. You're not going to see, you're going to see maybe three or four passes to every run, even though they have Alvin Kamara. Um, But he's a guy that really loves the mid-range of the field. He's not really much of a deep ball guy, not the same way that he used to be. Um, But those short um, you know, two to twelve yard passes is really where he lives and, and works his craft at. And he's and he's obviously
1: been very successful at it breaking I don't know how many records. Justin, what do you think of the number rule? And are you tempted?
2: Ooh, um, number eight. I think number the eight. I think nah I'm, I'm sticking with 20 man. I, I really grew into 20. 20 is where I feel like I'm I'm home at. Um, I think it's a cool thing that they're doing, to allow guys to have some more flexibility. Um, for me, myself, though, I'm going to stick with 20.
0: One last one. Got that wore number six in college. He's talking about bringing it out a retirement, maybe number two because he wore that in high school Is Lonnie Johnson. You yeah. saw the transition from corner to safety for him. What do you think about that, and what do you think his future projects?
2: Um, the transition from corner to safety uh, was big time for him, man. Um, I really seen his confidence grow. I think he's more comfortable in the position. He's a big, strong, physical guy um, who loves contact. And I think him getting to learn we got a special guest that's showing up. Oh, I think right. him getting to learn the position oh. really paid dividends for him. You're done. I want to say hello to my uh, my son Rambo. He's a 10-week-old <laughs> giant schnauzer. Uh, he's calm right now, but just wait until he gets home and he's going to be a tornado. We need some audio um, Lonnie, Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Lonnie is really coming to his own. I'm excited for him to build on the confidence and the foundation that he built last year. I think him playing safety – and getting to learn the playbook better has helped him just play football better as a football player. So I'm excited for him and uh, what his future holds. Uh, we got the evil twins coming at you in the backfield.
1: Nice. The evil twins. I'm using it. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck the <laughs> I appreciate of the you. Offseason. All right. Thank you guys.
0: I remember the night that Justin got drafted and I worried about a guy getting on that thought. Maybe he could go in the first round definitely the second, falls all the way to third. I thought, man, we get him on the air. He's going to be you know, disappointed. He's going to be a tough interview because he's just going to have this kind of endearing chip on his shoulder, which he plays with out on the field. But he got on with us that night. He was drafted and could not have been more gracious, more excited. He was awesome that night. We had an opportunity to and when we drafted him, and then talked to him, and he has been that way ever since. Justin Reed looking for a big year in year number four. Wow, he's been around here four seasons already. Now, a guy that's been around for a while, but was put on the essentially the COVID DL last year, was our GM of Lone Star Sports Entertainment, David Fletcher. Now, he wasn't injured, although he has come back from a torn ACL over the last 24 months. But... COVID shut down all the different events and the great events that he and his group put on the bowl game, the kickoff, soccer matches, all that kind of stuff. Well, we're back in 2021 and the summer has got a beautiful, beautiful game announcement. How about that? The beautiful game, a beautiful game announcement that Fletch will give us next. David Fletcher joins me right here on Texas All Access, right here on Texas All Access, right here on Texas All Access. Welcome to Texas All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at apachecorp.com. That's apachecorp.com. Now, here's the show. Joining me right now on Texans All Access, a very good friend of mine, and I'm able to see him, and it's so good to see him to be able to do this interview because you don't get to see a lot of people now in the building, but my man, from LSSE, Lone Star Sports Entertainment, who does events better than anybody I've ever seen. My man, David Fletcher. Fletch, A, it's great to see you. B, how are you doing, my man?
3: Great to see you, too, Johnny. And uh, we're doing great, man. It, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to be talking about doing our jobs again. <laughs> and uh, I know that, that it's been such a challenging um, stretch here for everybody. Uh, and and certainly, you know, we're we're very blessed to to be healthy, happy, and and rolling along. But um, you know, the the thought of coming back to a summer and a fall with some some major events at NRG Stadium, you know, the energy that that happens around that is is, is definitely something that uh, I'm excited to to be thinking about again, and and with good reason. We've got a major announcement here today about uh, about the blockbuster summer ahead. I want to get to that in just a second, but Fletch,
0: you talk about the summer and fall full of events. And obviously last year at this time, we didn't know anything that was going on. And when we got our hopes up, then there would be a ramp up in cases of COVID, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was, you know, you don't even have to go into how rough that was, but now you're coming back. And obviously there are certain things you can just hop right back on like a bike and ride and you're fine. But as you get into a summer and fall, the focus on safety is now thrown in there. Not that it wasn't there before, but it's even more so now. I know you don't have trepidation about the summer and fall, but are there still some sort of hurdles that you know you've got to consider as you get ready for events in the fall, in the summer and the fall?
3: No question, John. No question. I mean, the, the, the world has changed, you know, and, and we would be um, naive to think that um, what we have done historically is the way things are going to be going forward. Um, so we've worked really hard as a team to, to focus on, number one, doing it safely, putting it in, putting our consumers and our, and our fans and, and the people who um, make, make these memories happen out here at NRG Stadium, put them in the best possible situations. Um, we've got a, a lot of things that have changed in the consumer behaviors uh, over the yep. last 15 months. People are doing things different than they were. A lot more outdoor stuff. You know, technology has certainly um, made its impact. Uh, as exponentially big as it possibly could have on, on, on society. And, um, and you've also got, you know, for a variety of reasons, whether it be health or, um, you, know, um, you know, just, just the idea of, of getting back in, you've got some, some, some uh, people that are still thinking about um, how is the best way to get back into um, these social settings. So You know, what we're really focused on and what we've been focused on as a team throughout, just like the the Texans were throughout the fall, is first, make it a safe environment, provide the forum for those that want to be out here um, to be able to do it in safe and and fun manner. Um, We've had that planning process rolled through just like everybody else and and feel really good about how we're approaching things for this year. Um, and, And then it's really crafting a message. It's really creating an environment. That, that people want to come and be a part of. And, right. um, and, and really that's, that's our focus now executing that plan so that uh, as we get back into international soccer and college football and, and major events as a whole, you know, that we're creating something that people want to come be a part of. They want to yep. make memories around and, and, um, and represent our community in a, in a, in a very, very uh, positive way. So um, we've got a big task ahead to do that. Just like we, we did in our previous lives. And um you know, we're excited for the challenge and looking forward to, uh, to to the opportunities to do that.
0: Okay, you used two words that I know everybody likes to hear, major and announcement. So the floor is yours, major announcement. Here we go. What you got for us?
3: Well, obviously, we know Houston is, has been one of the world-class destinations for international soccer. Um, and NRG Stadium has been a focal point of that. Incredibly excited to announce that Gold Cup, Concacaf Gold Cup, will be returning back to NRG Stadium this summer, uh, and, and NRG Stadium will be playing host to uh, the event here for the sixth time. Um, that's that's among the most of any venue in the country. For those not familiar with Gold Cup, it is the the North American Championships. Um, great international soccer. Mexico is the defending champion. They played a a. A, just an unbelievable match in the quarterfinal in 2019 against Costa Rica. Went to extra penalty kicks. One of the most exciting moments I've ever seen in my, in my career. And uh, we're really thrilled to be able to safely bring that back to our community for the sixth time. Very equally as excited, Johnny, that uh, Houston will be one of the seven markets that that's hosting the event. And BBVA Stadium, uh, our friends down the road with a, a Dynamo FC, will also be a part of the mix. So um, two world-class venues, Houston on the biggest stage, once again, bringing back um, major international soccer to Houston. And um, I know that fans are going to be very excited to to see how that unfolds as details come available over the next couple of weeks. I don't
0: think they've cleaned all the beer off all the steps and seats um, from when uh, the, the, the Mexican national team won that came back in 2019, but that was just a phenomenal event. And if you haven't been to an international soccer match, my goodness, you've got to be there now, Fletch. From a detailed standpoint, do you have, do you know what type of game it will be that comes in there? Like what the four teams that play, you know, play in a in a little pod that might get to you? Or how many games you're going to have? Do you know any of the particulars on that aspect of things for this match?
3: Well, we're still working through all of that. Um, there'll be announcement here in a couple of weeks on the full schedule. Um, and I would encourage you to go to lssc.net to sign up for the wait list so you can get those details. Um, but but Houston will be one of the seven markets. There'll be 10 venues around the country that are part of it, as was announced. And, and for us, you know, Houston has been really the standout market for, for CONCACAF Gold Cup, um, all the way back to NRG's first um, involvement in 2003. We've hosted every single year since then that the tournament has, uh, has, has occurred and it's a biannual tournament. So every two years um, the, the North American Central American championship comes to life. um, And between BBVA stadium and NRG, Houston has been a part of it every single year since 2003, no other market, Uh, can say that and it's something that we're really proud of as as we look to the importance of the beautiful game in our community Um, how we're such an international uh, and diverse community and and how we have been able to um, more than any other market really bring the game of soccer to life here on the biggest of stages so just another great opportunity for our community to showcase itself on the biggest stage and that's really important now Johnny because as we've talked about before, and, and, and I know a lot of soccer fans know Houston is vying to be a, a participant in the 2026 FIFA World Cup. And uh, we're one of the finalist markets, one of 17 that'll be narrowed down to um, 10 by the end of the year uh, that will be the final hosts and hosting events, having the opportunity to showcase not only what we can do for the community around these events, but to the key stakeholders in soccer that that Houston is the place they need to be for the biggest of events um, is something that we're really, really excited to be able to have the uh, chance to do and um, credit to our sports authority, Janice Burke and and her team uh, and our partners over at uh, the Houston Dynamo FC on on really working collaboratively to to make this um, the best possible case for Houston as we head into this critical time in that World Cup decision.
0: This is going to sound like a weird question, Fletch, but, have you thought in your mind as you drive to and from work and just drive around and you think about that event, have you thought about what and where your emotions might be when you see the first event in – gosh, I, I don't – I can't remember the last LSSC event. I guess it was maybe the bowl game.
3: 2019, um, at the, uh, McCar- uh, 2019 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, yep.
0: Yeah, uh, A&M against Oklahoma State. H- have you thought for the first time in 18 months, man, we're going to have an event? Have you kind of pictured – what it'll look like in your mind, because it'll probably look similar, but it'll probably look a thousand percent different. Have you kind of thought about what that's going to feel like when you walk in and go, wow, we've got fans, we got soccer, we got events. We're back, baby. Have you kind of thought about that moment?
3: You know, I can't say that it's gotten too far away from my mind, Johnny. I mean, it's what I love to do. It's what our team loves to do. It's what our organization loves to do. I mean, we really – focus, um, our energy, our time, our resources around being able to do great things here in the community, um, that we live in and serve. And so events are a critical part of that. I mean, we, we've talked about it on countless mediums and forums over the last 15 months, how, how, how the social elements of, of being able to, to go and create those memories and to, and to have those exciting, um, experiences in our lives come back it's something yeah we take great pride on in being able to do and being able to do it right you know so um we've got some work to do we've got great partners between soccer united marketing Concacaf, you know the sports authority uh, nrg park all of all the people that are involved obviously the texans um, and and we're gonna have a, a a great game plan to make sure that it is a fun safe environment as people come back to do these events and, uh, and then we're going to do it again, and then we're going to do it again, and then we're going to do it again. We have a full calendar for Lone Star events this year, and, and um, CONCACAF Gold Cup will be the start of that. But uh, it's not the only thing on the horizon. We got a lot of fun in the college football space this year, too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, I asked that because I've envisioned, I don't know how many times, Fletch being back down on the field. And just I looking you up and been. seeing fans in the stand. We and the like, up like that what?
3: booth doing those uh hey, doing those Southland games this fall, yeah, man. I
0: know exactly. That was I'll tell you what, that's been so, so much fun. But I made a comment the other day on the air. I was like, hey, you know, well, you know how it is with April football, right? And my partner Tom Frank looked at me and he just I paused and he just started chuckling, laughing, which is what I was going for because you just you just don't know. But we do know about football in the fall and you know you and I can't get on the horn and not talk about the, the slate of college football, and it starts with guns up and eat them up Cougs. To get Texas Tech and U of H, man, I, that is just such a home run to get those two uh, in the kickoff game. And obviously, we didn't have the bowl game last year, which I thought would have been great with TCU and Arkansas. Maybe we'll get them at the end of this year. But your college football slate this year, Fletch, Let's go through that and just let me know how excited you are about Texas Tech and in Houston to kick it off, my
3: man. I'm 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 just couldn't be more thrilled. I mean it's it's just it's so exciting. Obviously the Texas kickoff, having two Texas teams, uh, showdown Labor Day weekend. It's gonna be a lot of fun. All the details for these events are at lssc.net. You can get there off of the Texans website as well, um, HoustonTexans.com. But um, you know we we start. Johnny we actually start the, the a little bit before that as we get back into college we, we're, we're once again hosting the Cracker Barrow National Battle of Bands an incredible HBU so- showcase of, uh, of the drum lines and the music community um, more details to follow on that event as we announce the participants but that's a really awesome event for our community yes. gets the juices flowing. And then we roll into Labor Day weekend with, with Texas Tech and U of H. Look, both teams did not have the seasons that they wanted to have uh, the last couple of years under new coaches. So, you know, Dana and Matt, Dana Holgerson and Matt Wells, you've got two really good coaches yep. that are going to have to get out of the gate strong. And I think that's going to bring a lot of energy to that game. You know, we've talked about Sam Houston State and what an incredible run they're on right now. It's number two seed in the FCS playoffs. And, and Yep. Coach Casey Keeler having um, arguably his best team yet at, at Sam Houston, and, and they'll be facing a very energized SFA Lumberjack team in the ninety fifth battle of the Piney Woods. You know what? What um, you saw out of um, uh, Cody Cartho and the, and Colby and the, and, the, and the SFA crew in the fall was fun to watch. Not only yep. him ripping off his shirt and creating <laughs> some energy as a top ten Sports Center moment, but they <laughs> yeah. played some really good football against they some did. really good teams. Yep. And, and I'm telling you, that rivalry coming back to NRG for the second decade is just something I can't be, I couldn't be more fired up about. And then you mentioned it, the bowl game, Johnny, you know, the Texas Bowl, our 15th year uh, of that event. And hard to believe we've been rolling along, but uh, Big 12 SEC to close out the year. Um, get, we'll get more details on, on kick times and, and game dates for the bowl game here in, in the next 30 or 45 days. Um, but if you, if you want to get details on those events, you want to get signed up for the wait list, net, or, or just go to HoustonTexans.com and check out the ticketing page. Um, it's going to be a full fall, really thrilled to be able to to really uh, bring some major events back to Houston and um, to have some fun with people again. And um, you know, I, I just, I know you've been working so hard to, um, to keep us all informed through all of this Johnny and, and keeping things fun and light and, Um, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, man. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a very, uh, unique fall as well uh, for that other day job that we both have, which is (laughs) Texans. And I know you've got a big week ahead with the draft. So, um, looking forward to hearing all 800 hours of programming on Texans radio and and, and across all the channels, it's going to be a fun week coming up next week. So I know you got to prep for that, man.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been, I've been prepping for, I think uh, about 18 months. I've already started on my class of 2022 and I've got a couple of same Houston state Bearcats that are ending up in that 2022 uh, draft prospectus list I put together every year. So I'm, I think of all the things you mentioned, that's the one I look forward to the most. And I've done all of same Houston's games. I've done some SFA games. I just love that rivalry. I love that. It's in our house. Basically. Um, and I think you guys do such a fabulous job. And I know the two schools love having that rivalry as well. I think it's been tough, actually, on both of them, for as good a year as Sam St. Houston State has had, to not play each other in the, in the 2020 season, I say in air quotes, even though it's been in the spring. It, that, I think that's been, that's been tough to at least not have that rivalry game that you're so accustomed to having, but it'll be back in the fall and can't look can't wait for that Fletch. You are the best, one, man. I know this has been a long, long year for a lot of people. I know it's been tough for you because, like you said, you do events better than anybody. Uh, and when there are no events, it's it's tough. But you guys have stayed positive and stayed strong through the whole thing, man. You guys are the absolute best. Repeat again for the people how they can go look for information and get information about any of the events, soccer, battle of the bands, college football. Give the people one more time that information so they can go check it out
3: absolutely Johnny E.net Lone Star sports and entertainment website or Houston Texanscom slash ticketing uh, you'll find uh, the college football button there and um, we, again Johnny thanks so much I know you got a big week ahead and uh, we look forward to seeing how things unfold as uh, as uh, we get here into the summer and uh, get back to football or in our case with soccer football
0: there you go there he is David Fletcher LSSE the Absolute man. Appreciate you, Fletch. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Johnny. Well, it's going to be an exciting fall and winter back at NRG Stadium, our offices where we live with all these different events that are going on. I love having the international soccer up there. Of course, you know how I feel about the college football that happens up there, which is such a treat to be a part of it and be up on a big board with Drew for those games. And Texas Tech, University of Houston is going to be a big one right out of the chute. So can't wait for Those events, and of course it starts, as Fletch said, this summer with international soccer, which I know if you haven't seen it, it is unbelievable, unreal. Hopefully we get uh, Mexico in this building in NRG Stadium because it is a, it's a, it's an event to say the least. It's an event. Wow. Also an event that took place today was a trade in the NFL. And it happened in the AFC. Surprised? Not. We'll see what happens when the Chiefs and the Ravens make a deal. We'll talk about that next, right here on Texans All Access. On
1: Texans All Access. On Texans All Access.
0: Welcome back to this final segment of this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, mobile version, aka the crib. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and let's go around the NFL. And I think the biggest story in the NFL is both figuratively and literally, and I say figuratively and literally, and I'll tell you what in a second. Today, this morning, I was doing an interview with my friend Aaron Hogan in Austin about the draft and the Longhorns and just college football in general, and I've never had this happen in an interview. I wanted to say figuratively, but I couldn't remember the word. I couldn't get it out. And I, then I kept trying to say proverbially, and I was like, no, it's figuratively. And I, in my mind, this is like going like five to seven seconds of dead air because I can't come up with the word figuratively. So I say figuratively and literally because this big deal in the NFL includes, I think, the biggest man in the NFL. His nickname is Zeus Jr. because his dad, Zeus, was a monster. Orlando Brown Sr. was one of the biggest individuals I'd ever seen on a football field. Well, Orlando Brown Jr. is not far behind. He spent 2020 as the left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Proved his worth, he felt like, in place of Ronnie Stanley, who had got hurt. Ronnie Stanley had signed a big deal in the offseason, 2020, but then he got hurt. Zeus goes over there. Zeus Jr. goes over to left tackle, Proves his worth and says, I don't want to come back to Baltimore if I'm not the left tackle. And the Ravens were like, okay. Didn't do anything for the longest time. And then Zeus said, well, you need to trade me if you're not going to play me left tackle. They said, okay. Didn't do anything for a long time. Today, it finally happened. Kansas City Chiefs have been looking for tackles. So the Chiefs traded... Pick number 31 overall. That's their first rounder. Third rounder, number 94 overall. And a fourth round pick, 136 overall in this draft, plus a 2022 fifth round ex- uh, selection. Going to the Chiefs from the Ravens will be Zeus Brown Jr. Number 58 overall in this draft. That's a low second rounder. And a 2022 Six-round pick. So, boy, there's a lot of lot of moving pieces in there. A couple of things. Number one, the Chiefs took a look at this tackle class and went, okay, the guys that we like, no chance. saw Virginia Tech, not going to be there. Rashawn Slater, Northwestern, not going to be there. Pernay Sewell, not going to be there. What they were looking at at 31, more than likely, was, was if they're maximizing value, potentially uh, with Tevin Jenkins. There's no guarantee that Tevin's going to play left tackle. I would think he plays a right tackle, but they needed a left tackle. And I think the next the next person would be Liam Eichenberg, but from Notre Dame, and he's probably better served either playing guard or right tackle. Then Jalen Mayfield is down the road at tackle. He's probably better served playing guard. And I just don't know how good he actually is, to be honest. He's very athletically gifted. But I think he's a guard. So the Chiefs looked at it and said, man, we're not going to be able to get what we want with pick number 31. Now, Tevin Jenkins is going to be a well player. I just don't think that he is going to fit on the left side where the Chiefs needed someone. So they looked at it and said, hey, wait a second. Orlando Zeus Brown Jr., he wants to play the left tackle spot. And at this point, after seeing him for three years in the league and seeing him for the majority of 2020 play the left side, the Chiefs are like, he's better than anybody in the draft. Let's go ahead and make this deal. Now, the Chiefs are going to have to give up that first-round pick, a um, third-rounder and a fourth-rounder, fourth to be able to do it, essentially. And Then they're swapping fifth- and sixth-round picks in 2022. So, there's a price to pay, kind of. I mean you're giving up a 3rd to 4th, but you're getting a second back. That second from this year at number 58. So it's essentially as I look at this, this is Orlando Brown for the number 31 pick. That that's if you take the other stuff out or look at it as the third rounder and the fourth rounder, you're getting you're getting a second back for that. So that, that kind of washes itself. The 2022, so there's almost like three trades in one. It's like Orlando for the first-round pick, the second for the third and the fourth, and then they're going to swap picks in 2022, basically, the fifth and sixth-rounders. So they get Orlando Brown at pick number 31, and I think, that's a, I think it's a great move for them. Orlando got in the league in 2018. Nobody remembers that horrible combine. Everybody was down on him. I wanted the Texans still to take him at right tackle. And he ended up going in the third round and turned himself into a really, really good offensive lineman uh, at the next level. We've seen him twice in 19 and 20 playing for the Baltimore Ravens. We won't see him this year unless we make the playoffs against the Chiefs, but he is going to be the Chiefs' left tackle going forward. Now, I don't think the Chiefs are completely done, but they've made some moves on that offensive line. Joe Tooney added to the interior. Orlando Brown added at left tackle, they are going to shore up that offensive line in front of uh, Patrick Mahomes at all costs, and they should. However, similarly to the Larimer-Tunzel deal here in Houston, they did not get a, an extension done for Orlando Brown, which is the other thing he asked for. I want to play left tackle, and I want money. And I want a new contract. And now the Chiefs are going to be on the docket for that. Here's the problem. Patrick Mahomes, big money kicks in in 2022. You still got Kelsey, Tyreek. Those two big deals. you got Tyron Matthew, who is, uh, as Brett Veach said today when he met with the media, he's looking for an extension to remain a Chief for the remainder of his career. Now, if you do that with him, you can... Obviously, do some different things financially to kind of make it all work. They paid Joe Tooney a lot of money to come in uh, and play for the Chiefs. They're going to start running into some financial difficulties at some point. I don't know how they're going to be able to pay everybody that they're going to have to pay uh, in Kansas City. But that is Brett Veach's problem to have to figure it out. But the news of the day, Orlando Brown is the new left tackle in Kansas City, that offensive line is going to be fairly stout if Zeus stays healthy, if Dooney stays healthy, if they can get something out of Kyle Long, and if Mike Remmers is absolutely not horrible on the other side, which he wasn't great uh, in the playoffs, especially in the Super Bowl. So that offensive line is going to be much, much better. But the big trade today, essentially Orlando Brown going from the Ravens to the Chiefs for the Chiefs, number 31 picking a draft. It's the second out of three years that the Chiefs have done it. They did it for Frank Clark a few years ago. They did it now for Zeus Brown. All right, that's going to be the show. Appreciate Mark for stopping by. Appreciate Jay Reed for being here. My man, David Fletcher, dropping knowledge on LSSE and you guys listening. you all the very best. B, you're the best back in studio, man. Thank you very much. We'll see you on Monday. It's draft week starting on Monday. We'll see you then, everybody. As always, go Texans.